as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. It is. By the way, before we start, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for this, and it's been a pleasure talking. It sounds like I'm hanging up. It's been a pleasure talking. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Screw Bogart. Do the Bogart sucks. Click. Um, <laughs> I'd be like Johnny Bravo. Do the monkey with me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't watch black and white movies. Oh my god. I only watch subtitles if my grandparents make me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're dead. Oh, yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> but no, this is this is cool, and I look forward to if you'll have me more, or else at least guest on mine or more chats like this. It's it's you will have it fun. as long as, long yeah. as it's not a weekend. I will make time for it. I yeah. Oh, good. So I have with me a widescreen, a film podcast. Yeah, I should have changed that title until I get it going again, but I'm just going to leave it because I'm going to get it going. <laughs> That's all good. Go ahead. Film, film connoisseur Anthony Francis and filmmaker himself is on the show for the first ever edition of an ranking an actor's 10 best roles on this show. How have I'm, you been? I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, we we have been reintroducing ourselves so much that we, I kid you not, folks, have been talking for about 90 minutes now before we we're actually have, going to actual thing. Yeah. We have spoken the length of an 80s horror film before we started this podcast. Oh, the horror. <laughs> the horror. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. And you will be on mine. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So, to start off this game... I just figured it would just be fun to I had talked about doing a podcast on this before is like you have quite the resume there. But then I just figured it was too subjective and the people I wanted to do it to just could never commit. So I just decided to start it off and I got a bunch of people to commit to different actors. Everyone from freaking Vincent Price to Margot Robbie, just everybody. And uh, I just said, you know, let's rank them based on they own the role. Forget right. about the movie, you know, it's just like they are the best part about it. Just so, and this is going to be a little tricky because there's many roles where we like them in, but they could have easily, they're in a role that anyone could have easily done. So this is no, hard, no hard feelings, folks, if we do or do not uh, reference Casablanca. <laughs> we, 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 we might. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Um, we just might. Uh, I have many Bogart rules from movies that are either good or bad. And, I mean, we can be detailed with it. Uh, just for the most part, I'm just going to just stick with, you know, just... It's just very straightforward. Now, if there were more people in here, we could take a vote and say, off with your head, that rule should not be exactly. named. Yeah. But but we're just going to keep it simple here. And uh, um, I'll name five, I guess, and you can name five. Um, sure. I got a few backups just in case. But uh, long story short, uh, just, yeah. Uh, what was your introduction to Bogart, just before we rank his roles? My so, introduction to Bogart is a film lover's dream. Um, it was in Chicago. I was, I want to say I was eight, eight. And I had seen pieces of him, you know, on television. And when my parents would watch something on television, but I never paid attention. But I went with my parents to see Casablanca, uh, in a movie theater. And we sat in the balcony and, uh, Man. like it was an old school movie theater um used to be an opera house really beautiful and uh it's i felt like uh seth green in the scene in radio days when <laughs> diane weist and her date take him to radio city music hall for the first time it's this magical place to see a movie <laughs> and that's how i saw casablanca i saw casablanca and man and i said mind you i was eight i said yeah it's okay but this Bogart guy is cool. You know what I mean? He has that gaze. He has that... The women are melted by him. The guys are yeah. afraid of him and kind of want to be macho like him. Exactly. And I, one thing as I got older that I noticed about Bogart, and, and I do this with a lot of actors, mostly classical actors because of the way acting and directing is nowadays, but I pay attention to how they enter a room, how they sit in a chair. Yes. You know, how they light their cigarette, how Keep they material. stand in the doorway. And, and, and Bogart, man, he had it. He, he didn't, he, he didn't, I never, when I think of Bogart sitting down, I don't notice him sitting down. He just, I'm in the chair now. You know, he just <laughs> glides into the chair and glides through a doorway. And, and exactly. I, I really think he's, he was a B movie actor. And much like Cagney, he, wanted to escape all these stereotypes he was doing of just playing, you know, so to see them actually be in some musicals or play soldiers or yeah, troubled youths instead of just the gangster or prosecutor every time that they, they did have a good career. And well, we'll definitely get into some more of his heavier roles as we go on for this list. Um, sure. I, I was in the Turner classic movies era. So, I mean, I would always see caricatures of him in, you know, every other Looney Tunes cartoon, but just see parts <laughs> yeah. of his various movies. And he was just always one of those, like, you know, my mother's not so much of a old school movie fan. My dad is. And uh, I, you know, I'm going to check out his stuff eventually. And Casablanca, you know, I definitely checked out along the way. I also recommend against better judgment that everyone check out the riff tracks because it's just kind of interesting having it. It is funny. I'm a big riff track. A, a bunch of movie guys talk during the awesome movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Make fun yeah, of the Nazis. It's one of the best yeah. movies, and uh, they're going to riff it. Sure, why not? Let's roll for it. Roll with it. <laughs> no, I dig the riff track guys. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what's. Uh, do you want, would you like me to pick one, or do you want to pick one to start? Or? Uh, sure. I'll 
I'll start you off just to get you in the mood. All I'm right. going to go with You Can't Get Away With Murder. Well, oh, well. That's a good one. And doesn't get talked about enough. I, unfortunately, would get it mixed up with... Uh, I have another list in front of me. Um, <laughs> I, I would get it mixed up with this other 1937 film picture called... Um, not Racket Busters. It was... Um, uh, all through the night and a few other ones and it was just like why am I getting it mixed up with this movie <laughs> nothing alike I mean there's a lawyer there's a similar poster that's it uh, nothing nothing yeah. in common the, this is a, just also just a very underrated prison movie but it's also just one of those movies where you watch it and it's like, God, this is my, this is a dream role for an actor. This is also just a very extravagant, if you will, uh, just role where you're, you're just seeing, you, you really are just seeing someone just absolutely just descend into it. You, you can root for him to either get away with his, you know, wrongdoings or you can just see how it all plays out. But it's just interesting how, he's been part of this old robbery crew. They're all in the big house together and he, he's got his own tricks and he's, he's screwing over everybody, the prison guards, everything. And they even do a final standoff in a train yard. But I think Bogart sells this role for me, not just because of how physically active he is in this, but just cause he really goes for just a lot of sinister trickery, which is what the role merited. And exactly. It's like that, this is a very i don't see this mentioned enough so i have to mention it i i i'm sure many of his fans like you have seen it but it's like it needs more mention it's definitely one of the it's definitely my favorite for that year if i were to rank movies that came out that year it's oh wow very nice yeah but uh just roll aside like i there there's some other good players who had big extravagant lucrative careers but i mean He's the one main, main big thing you're going to remember in this movie. Yeah, and that's, that's a very good choice. And everything you said, he works so perfectly for that character. I don't love the film as much as you do, but I like it a lot. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, and fantastic. this is the other problem with some of these movies. Some of these movies are more fun to look at the ideas versus the execution. Oh, sure. Oh, I could do this is... 10 shows on that. <laughs> exactly. This this is before noir is really taken off and finding its mark in the forties before yeah. it dissolves in the fifties. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, I'll give you that. The first portion of it does kind of drag, and I just mainly just remember all the plot twists and. Yeah. Well, no, it's certainly a good film. I didn't mean to, you know. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. I, I just pretty much for me, just the ending makes a movie, and uh, with these movies, like I, I can handle all just the slow build. I just I just need the payoff. Exactly. Sure. I, I, I don't don't have build up to a robbery and then have like five seconds of a shootout. That that no, that sucks. <laughs> exactly. Oh. But yeah, don't, he yeah he he's but, a badass here, and he is. because of the moral, the role is a morally conflicting run where you can either root for or against him. Uh, he has just more just material to work with. So I'm gonna hand yeah. it off to you. Uh, number nine could be number, number nine number nine um 
Uh, my first choice is going to be one that nobody talks about <clears throat> as well. Um, it's fairly well regarded critically. Uh, not sure how well it did <clears throat> at the time, but I'm a big Western fan. Oh, I think. And <laughs> you know, you know where I'm going with this. And I'll admit, I don't love this film. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I think the lead actor, James Cagney, is a bit miscast. But you know who isn't miscast? Humphrey Bogart. And the film is The Oklahoma Kid. And that it's one of many movies where they get to play off against each other in a versus match. And Exactly. He has, yeah. like, the goofiest hat, and he uh, sells it. He's a total rascal, and you have to remember, he's going to fucking slit your throat here in a minute if he oh, wants. Oh, yeah. Most definitely, yeah. Bogart's Whip McCord. Love the name. And by the way, a great Woody Max McCoy. Steiner score. A great Max Steiner score. Yes. Um, but Bogart is so... <clears throat> and I saw this for the first time after I had seen Casablanca, Maltese, Big Sleep, African Queen, you know. All those classics. And, and I, you know, and, and by then I was a giant Western fan, a giant Bogart fan, and I'm thinking, <laughs> this isn't going to work at all. <laughs> James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart as cowboys i'm gonna hate everything but it's pretty good <laughs> bogart nails it because one thing i love about bogart he's he says yeah i'll take the role but i'm not changing my diction i'm not you know but what he does i believed him as a as a as a, as a marauder if you will a robber in the old west totally. i fully believed him and he does something so well in all of his films, but and he did it here with his eyes. When he's <laughs> you know, giving you the old I'm gonna plug you if you come back, you know, kind of line. <laughs> Whereas Cagney yeah, yeah. Whereas when Cagney does it, it's easily um I'm gonna plug yeah, you. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to parody. It opens itself up to parody. <laughs> yeah. But when Bogart says like, like there's a scene where he takes the money sent by the president, and uh, you know, and then Cagney sees him. For those who don't, I won't go into any more details for those who haven't seen it. But Cagney sees him do it, so on, so on. Everybody's gonna plug everybody at some point. No. But Humphrey Bogart, when he threatens, and he does it so well here, and that's what made it real for me. I mean, as real as you can be in a 1937 Western with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, he has that stare, and it's not an acting stare, and it's not taught. He's looking at you, and he's telling you what's going to happen. It's not Bogart telling you what's going to happen. It's Whip McCord. Yeah, that's telling a very good point, because everyone goes to Cagney <laughs> on how he told the truth, and it's like, true, but I've always <laughs> felt like Bogart, even before his cancer T took over the rest of his career that yeah. he was always about being brutally honest because he just had nothing else to give it other than oh, being yeah. a performer. And, and he Bogart, has good posture, but Bogart just has the stares and the eye. He play. does. And he doesn't have to. Cagney was in motion from the waist up. You know what I mean? I mean, he yeah. wasn't flailing around. He was a dancer. And, yeah. His face was moving. Yeah, he's a dancer. And his face is moving, his hands and Bogart, he's stone, and every role, <laughs> a lot of people argue Bogart's always Bogart. He is, but he isn't, and every role he inhabits it completely, How and he's not? just 
he's yeah, true. He's solid, and 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 in uh, as Whip McCord, I think he's one of the great unsung, extremely unsung Western Western bad guys. And I think he's he takes he takes that movie from everybody involved. I love him in that movie. And it's kind of weird because like Cagney, you're kind of laughing at because he's just kind of goofy and not knowing what to do with the role. Yeah, Bogart, he has just some kind of just Bronsonist type whips quips. And you just laugh, but at the same time, he's like, oh, my God, that's fucking badass. Yeah, right, exactly. I think he's going to kill me just by staring at my screen. That's precisely the lost art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm melting. Uh, And that's exactly what makes him work in that versus Cagney. He can't help speaking like Cagney. I'm Cagney. Never mind my Italian. I'm going to bitch slap you. I'm the sheriff, see? And I'm the... And I'm like Joe Don Baker and Mitchell. I'm the the hero of the movie, everybody. <laughs> oh, your hero, ladies and gentlemen. The hero. <laughs> I could do a show on Joe Don Baker as well. Oh, everyone loves Joe Don Baker, even I, when he's in a bad movie. <laughs> and he's been in quite a few regrets. I bet he has a few. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, there's my there's my first choice, Oklahoma Kid. Good one. Number eight. So this is a movie that divides some people, but it's pretty well directed. Uh, I'm going to go with Black Legion, where Bogart oh. plays a member of the clandestine hate group of the same name. And I'm telling you, just definitely more I play. You definitely get a lot more just kind of just mellow and just... He, he totally... The music and the story is what makes the movie, but like he definitely sells just the brainwashing of this individual who... Oh sure, just uh, sure. I'll join the party. I hate. This <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm all in, and he's and he was all in. I, I should see it again, just because I'm sure I'll like it a little more. And it's just I had a, it was a rough day when I saw it, but it was just one of those like we're seeing for the performance, we're seeing for how it was shot. Sure, there's a lot of very disturbing burnings, and I mean they don't even show any casualties, but it's just like jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum, but if oh, the drift, a, oh, yeah, love, love it. There, there you go. But if the drifter, if the grifter had <laughs> decided to go to the dark side, that's true. Yeah, instead of fight back against crooked people messing with him. Um, so jeez, I'll hand that it off to you on number six. I just wanted to say that or number uh, seven. My bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'll let you go. My bad. No, I was just gonna say. If, I agree. I agree with that movie, and I love that movie. And a lot of people don't know that Curtiz kind of ghost directed that. I think. Yes, uh, Michael yeah. Curtiz. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's credited on some sites for it, and. But Archie Mayo is the one who. Right, mm-hmm. Archie. Yeah, that's right, Archie Mayo. Archie, Archie, Archie. Got, man. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is wild how. Uh, even before we were having all this bullshit with the Writers Guild based on who actually wrote most of the story, <laughs> even though yeah. you got like five different uncredited people being hard to retool it and they just don't want to share the residuals and all that shit. Um, yeah. Or they're just embarrassed to saving face. It's all politics, folks. But, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But yeah, the Directors Guild is also has always been another puzzle. It's like, if they started the movie, if they didn't finish it, I mean... I can understand if they shot most of it and then the producer came and shot in the last two months of it, but don't, 
if they were only if they were barely there, like were fired after five days, don't you credit them as the director? That's not cool. Especially yeah, exactly. if use the footage. It's just stupid. Right. That that would be tantamount to on Altman's final film, Prairie Home Companion. They had Paul Thomas Anderson there in case. Uh, yeah, and him know. there. That would had... be like crediting Paul Thomas Anderson for co-directing Prairie Home Companion. No, right. he was just waiting in case he had to. Right. Or like crediting Brian Singer for Bohemian. Oh, that's right. They did. But okay. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing they didn't because he. Oh, no, they did. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, uh, you Academy. <laughs> you silly geese. And me, at least Dexter Fletcher got a career and he didn't even get credited. Except yeah, really. Like, for saving the uh, saving their bacon. Making it watchable. Yeah. As opposed to the movie that should have been a masterpiece. I mean, you're dealing with Freddie Mercury and it's like, fortunately, he had a good enough actor in cinematography, but boy, howdy. You can tell the editing crew hated working with just all these different visions. Yeah, there was a lot of visions in that old Bohemian Rhapsody, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, Bogart doesn't really have too many movies that seem to be divided and he has very few regrets and uh, I'm tempted to even put one of those roles that he regrets on this list because he's got uh, we'll see I'm gonna <laughs> jump to the end for my second choice number seven okay perfect. the harder they fall oh it's on. it's a movie that people like We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, please. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. 
undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, Ah. 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 good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. Oh, oh, oh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. 
So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies with a one last black holes of gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen at eilfm.podbean.com. We now continue with our program. A lot of people say it's dated, and it is in its view of things. Okay, and how, you know how things played out. But Bogart is so perfect in that role. He's at the end of his life. Totally. As you said, he was ravaged by his cancer. Mm. Um, and it, uh, yeah, and it's a good way to go out on because, I mean, you get to perform from him in Desperate Hours, but it's not anywhere near the death of this role. He's flat no. out having to encourage this boxer, hey, you might get killed by the other mobster own. Exactly. Yeah. And, he, and you got to just. He's, yeah. Out. And he's, he's not one of these. He, his character, he's and, and he brings it out so beautifully in the conversations he has with his wife when he's home. Yes. Uh, he he doesn't think of the, these guys aren't all palookas they're real men being used and thrown away and, and murdered he's not giving and, empty promises either and he yeah he gives a few good speeches and i mean much like uh what's his name who also had cancer and was a trooper mcqueen not mcqueen i think more like classic kind of oh, oh horror. My God. so many people have cancer yeah, I know. Uh, Karloff had cancer. It was it, it was Boris Karloff. Yeah, that's who. I oh, mean. okay. There you go. He was in one of those Italian movies, and he was willing to do it again and again and again and again. Whatever movie it was, it's like that says something. Might have been. No, uh, oh, it might have been a few. Yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel in Paris. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> right. Sorry. I don't know what Boris Yeah. What? Um, Boris Karloff. <laughs> why not? Skinamax. Nice. Why not? Marjo Gortner was in a space movie, so why not? There you go. As long as they don't take it off, I'm cool. (laughs) Please. No, but I he's so you know, he's not the cliched sports writer of No, not at all. This Um, isn't even a Rocky type movie, you know. This is it's this is it's real stuff and and it is dated only because it was made when it was made. It's very real things that are happening even today, I'm sure. Totally. And guys, like I said, he didn't see him. One character is, ah, they're a bunch of palookas. And, he's, and he, <laughs> he doesn't say it, but he's like, no, they're not. You know what I mean? Well, he's, it's, you know. he's. I think it helps that he's been in movies like Bullets or Ballots, you know, which also dealing with shady boxing moguls. But this one just has more depth. And I think oh, it yeah. just pays off. It has a lot of depth. And it's a wonderful and has and for those who won't haven't seen it, I won't give away the final shot. But the final <laughs> shot is it's just yeah. And and then George R. Binks comes up. No, but the final shot you know, is and just him typing something. And I won't say what he types, but no. it's brilliant. And what a way for him to go out. Just yes. it's I really full I fully believe it's in his top five performances. I've always been a huge fan of that performance. The film is is really great, but his performance is masterful in that movie. Uh, yeah, it's one of those movies you watch and you check to see if there's a Sidney Lumet or Elia Kazan credit. <laughs> of course, there yeah. isn't. 
Oh, exactly. You can't be blamed because, like, this is someone not just playing to the camera, not just playing to the audience, but speaking the last bit of their soul before, you know. Oh, sure. And everything is authentic, like you said. It could have been Lumet or it could have been, but everything's authentic. It's it's a New York film. And you just wouldn't have gotten the same thing out of anyone else, like a Lancaster or a Spencer Tracy. You know, just nothing. No, Lancaster would have, he would have gone too big. And I love, and I'm not knocking Lancaster. I love. Oh yeah, he he would have been the boxer who gets in the ring. (laughs) Yeah, he would have. That's what he wasn't realizing. Yeah, right. He had that big grin on his face. We'll save them all. Yeah, we'll Uh, save them all. Right. I'll get the mob out of town. Yeah. I'm a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he called Kirk to help him. I'll help you. I'm yeah, I'm sounding like a Jimmy Durante if he had been punched a few different times upside the face. That's true, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's there's seven harder to fall. You, you, you fucking fall. excuse me. You fucking owned it. So I'm gonna go with a better known one. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Never heard of it. <gasps> wow. I'd like to since this is going out to the world, um that's my father's <laughs> That's my all right. That's my father's all time favorite film. That's Secretly, it. I do wish this could have been his own trilogy, especially since you know this is the inspiration for every Indiana Jones post-adventure movie. But it's just like definitely uh, just that scene where he's in the cave and he's just looking at all the greed he's uh-huh. surrounded by versus his own. Uh-huh. It's again perfectly staged, lit, but he he just absolutely resonated with this anti-hero. Just... He really did, and and in many ways he is the anti-hero of cinema, because yeah. nobody if, because it's Bogart. He retrospectively, nobody thinks of him as the anti-hero in that movie. Exactly, and he he looked odd enough to where he just got all the creep and sleaze roles, but at the same time, you know, the chicks dug him, the guys liked him, and. It's just another one of those is like just making use of the corner you're in. No yeah. one puts no one puts bogey in the corner. Nobody puts bogey in the corner. That's fantastic. Um so and just again, this is just an excellent movie. It has really has stood the test of time by I mean, hell, the five bloods by Spike Lee is totally inspired. Oh, God. Yeah. It's and, Treasure Sierra Mandre is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a treasure, and uh, it's been remastered. Who knows how many times? Uh, it's all, always. I'm sure that everybody, you know, including David Lean and Tarantino, have quoted this movie nonstop oh, without even realizing it. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just <clears throat> for me. It's one of when Roger Ebert was alive on his website. He used to do once a month the great films, and he'd pick one and talk about it. It is. The Treasure of the Sierra Madre is truly one of the great films. It really is. He would definitely, and it's weird. It's coming off right around the same time as Wages of Fear. Yeah, yeah. And all these other movies. Years later. And John Houston is also just really, you know, doing good, be in front of and behind the camera. And once again, he just dove right into the Houston as a director dove right into the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, great early stuff uh less said about the later stuff the better but i mean it's just so wow this is years before his villainous turn in chinatown and yeah it just he is also just both 
I mean, Bogart could have easily led in him taking his movie away from him, and he's the first build guy, but he doesn't. He just oh, sure. yeah. he stands his ground because that's what everyone is actually doing in the thing. You're like, uh-uh-uh, back off. This is my loot. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and they personalize okay. it for the actions, which is what it needed, but it, it's just... I wish more movies were inspired by this. That is for sure. Yeah, I I am... Because everyone's trying to rip off David Iyer or Michael Mann or Tony Scott, and it's like, no, you should be ripping off John Houston. Exactly. Every single movie you should Michael be ripping Curtis, off. John. You should uh, be ripping off Kurosawa, John Houston. I mean, yeah. Instead exactly. of referencing High Noon, why don't you rip off an Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart Western? Yeah, show me I, something there. Right. Exactly. Uh, that would take a lot of effort because everyone seems to only acknowledge the Frank Capra era of Stewart. What the hell's wrong with this world? Uh, there's something wrong with this world if everybody can't name the Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart westerns and talk about them in length. Winchester something. 73, holy shit. Very, oh, one of the best. That could be my favorite. I yeah. Some thought. And that was one, it was really complex. It didn't really, uh, I missed so many layers. And just for whatever reason, I was watching it simultaneously like three different times within the span of two years. Because <laughs> it's just on <laughs> for whatever reason. It's just a older movie and i just started enjoying it more and more just catching up on it and it is kind of one of those like the oklahoma k where it's just it's a western that's talked about but not enough and it's like ah people oh, sure yeah exactly but sierra and madre is kind of a neo-western i guess it I is i mean i've heard people when they list their westerns they list it and, and and i'm always eh well all right i'll give it to you i mean it is dealing with gold and i one of them has at least has a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody pulls a gun. And there's and there's Mexicans and it's hot and one yeah. one thing I love that that sticks with me. I, I told you how for me I I watch how he sits down, stands in a doorway. Yes. In Treasures Sierra Madre, if somebody said in thirty seconds or less, tell me your favorite thing about Bogart's performance, I would say. The way he wipes the sweat from the back of his neck and the way he That's scratches true. his unshaven face with his fingernails when he's thinking. He's that says scratching. a lot. Yeah. I scratching mean, his really. tail, he's scratching his head. He's even just kind of just having, doing a face bomb without actually doing the one that he does in Casablanca. He's just actually. <laughs> um, I always wondered yeah. if Eli Wallach, when he uh, performed Tuco, in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I always wondered if he took his performance, at least pieces of it, from Bogart's in Sierra Madre because uh, he, he was always doing that same thing, but he was doing it in the same way. And Clint Eastwood was kind of studying Bogie, but being his own kind of Burt Reynolds type dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, no, that's a good point because, I mean... So you got all these elements of all, you know, adventure, Western set. It's post-war. And mm. uh, it's a good thing you mentioned up the Mexican stuff. It's kind of like Touch of Evil, where you're just seeing the darkest depths of mankind just literally unleash upon each other. And whether yeah. you like or hate the movie, you just can't look away from it. It's just like, yeah, okay. Exactly. And I like what you said there, in turn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Touch uh, of Evil's a You just complimented me. I'll compliment you. Those two movies... And, and I'm sure there's a few more if I thought hard, Double but feature, probably would you do it? The, just two of the best of the the man turning on 
his fellow man for bullshit. Take, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're taking dumps on each other without even doing it. They, they're just yeah. a flat out. It, they want to have all this stuff in front of them. They want to buy whores, bread, everything, and they, they, they already have to just decide, who, you know, what, one way or the other. It's One of us is leaving with all this loot. <laughs> exactly. And there each one no of them says... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, and each one of them secretly says, and it's going to be me, you know, until yeah. they outwardly say it. And what it's, a, what yeah, a, it's just it's a perfect movie and a perfect performance. Totally. I, I'm, I can't even really say that Bogart goes out of his way to start violence, but he's definitely going to end it because. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, him. he's never the cause in that one. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> but he. He like you said, and then perfectly said, he'll end it. <laughs> now I wish there had been kind of a Key Largo version of this really? with Robinson as in Houston's part, and maybe huh. Peter Lorre or uh, uh, Cagney in the third part. I always forget the third performer. That would have been cool. Just having them all play off against each other in this Madre setting. I would have. Maybe that Orson Welles. That would have been fun. That would that would have been very, wow. That's maybe maybe he could have been the narrator. Here <laughs> is where men yeah. go to rot go to if not rot. die. That's where they die before their time. Yes, this is this is not this is not a real broadcast, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this is not happening, you idiots. Can I sell uh, you on that? But I'm um, <laughs> And one, so, one little piece of trivia, which you know, some of your <gasps> listeners might not know, uh, in Sam Peckinpah's great "Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia," oh, I thought you were going to say the wild he asks, <laughs> when he when he asks Gig Young, "What's your name?" <laughs> his name is. What's your name? Yeah, his name is Fred C. Dobbs. Yeah, it's a reference to that. That is yeah. way, way to be a wise ass. It was great. Um, yeah. And it's those are moments, you know, that I you really don't even good luck to seeing anyone sneak a reference like that nowadays. Um, yeah, it would go over so many heads. No offense, to all the young ones listening. Yeah, <laughs> it would go over so many heads. I know I'm a millennial and I don't like what I am, but. It, it it, it's, no, I mean younger than you, actually. I know. It's, it's, well, I'm. You're what? Thirty? I'm thirty something. <laughs> All the people who know me who hear this just smack their head. But don't, don't. So there you go. Um, it's one of those where, God, this is just this is a pineapple that everyone wants to eat, and um, uh, I could recast it and make it even better, or it could have a lesser cast and would still be good. Um. Would you do a double feature of this with uh, uh, Blood in the in the Sun or whatever that one Gregory Peck Western Duel in the Sun? Duel in the Sun. Dear God, yes, I would. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be such a torturous experience, and I would be so worth it. That that oh, that's a show on itself, right there. Uh, Duel in the Sun. It's a movie that shouldn't work. Because it doesn't work, but it does so work. So pretentious, and yet because they believe in it, and they're so... Mm -hmm. it's, it was the dead calm knife in the water of its day, so... <laughs> that, and um, I stand by 
Jennifer Jones in that movie is one of the absolutely beautiful and sexiest women I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. But, you know. But oh, man. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's that's that's a good that would be a great double feature because that's that's also elementally close to the themes of totally. uh, Houston's film. Yeah. Yeah, before before everyone's trying to show other just different formulas showing, you know, thieves and looters and standoffs yeah. is like these were kind of just the more common ones. Just mixing yeah. some adventure, horror and mystery and western elements and you got a movie. Exactly. I can just yeah. and now I've hogged the mic too much. I gotta right. I gotta I gotta fire it back to you for number five. All right. Number five. I'm gonna go with <clears throat> a movie that is, I claim it's unfairly written off as Bogart in Japan, getting in trouble, getting in Bogart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going. Tokyo Joe. Tokyo Joe. He has a very cool uniform in this one. He really does, doesn't he? He really does. And in the moments where Teru Shimada doesn't steal everything, <laughs> doesn't steal the movie away from him. Right, uh, to sure my phone Bogart, isn't here. <laughs> uh, Bogart is wonderful in this movie, and 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 why I think that because the more I watch it, upon maybe first one or two viewings by anybody, you could say, yeah, that's Bogart doing the Bogart thing because it gets <laughs> bogey, yeah, gets caught between the criminals, and the, gets he's in the middle of this and that, and then there's the woman, and but. Uh-oh. He's so good in that movie, and his uniform works for him. He uses it. He uses his tuxedo in Casablanca. He uses his uh, neck you know, kerchief in uh, Sierra Madre. He uses his uniform. Yeah, he doesn't sit around and just smoke. No, he and and he gets and, a and bomber pilot. His, yeah, moments. but he's yeah his bomb and he's got the hat on a lot, and he's he's just trying to get his life back to the way it was before World War Two, and nothing is the same. And he gets I mean, look, plot wise, been there, done that at that time, and so is he. Uh, to be but fair, there's part. To be fair, this makes me now wish he had been in some of John Wayne's movies and. All the other guys, like from here to eternity, the searchers, yeah, yeah. even man yeah. shot Liberty Valance, because he yeah. John Ford he, could have done well with Bogart. Oh yeah. And I here think. he he kinda is, so to speak, kind of both the literal poster boy of both the movie and the character <laughs> he represents. So Yeah, exactly. But no, he did he doesn't just sleepwalk through it, you no. know. It's, it's it's Casablanca-esque in, in, in certain aspects. Certain aspects. Totally. Um, he's, he's not like Sahara where he's having to bark orders and look pissed off yeah. for two yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. I, I always wondered if he was really fully into Sahara. I mean, he's fine. Oh, he's I, fine. I, I, I think everyone hated working on it, but it was a picture and it paid the bills. And Exactly. And by the way, kudos. I was just speaking to my wife um, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I want everybody to start calling the pictures again. I miss it. <laughs> Everybody says films or movies now. I'm like, ah, they're pictures. They're pictures. Like, kudos. Yeah. You'll look good. You'll you'll be a big hit in the pictures. But no, in Tokyo Joe, he he just 
he doesn't sleepwalk through the role, and it is very much. And you can tell probably when they wrote it. Oh, I'm writing this for Bogart. This is Bogart. I'm designing it for Bogart. But he nails it. I will rewatch this. That it, it was definitely an intriguing one. Uh, it yeah. definitely has way more for him to do versus what you see in Beat the Devil. Very where much. So. Where he's kind of just in smuggler mode and he's just letting the movie do the talking. And just exactly. And talking the movie the does do the talking and in Beat the Devil. Um, I'm not. I don't think Tokyo Joe is a great film. It's a good film. It's certainly a good film. I think it's yeah could be could be probably his most undervalued performance. That's true I, too because they go for all the movies where he's instantly like killing people or robbing banks or bombing mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like this one. He's pretty much just traveling. You know, it's a war picture, but you're rarely seeing battles, and just, he's mainly just. Yeah, on, it's, on the it's base. a man trying to pick pick his life back up. Tour of duty, and yeah. he can't do it, and he's fighting every to do it. You know what I mean? He has good. There's a, there's a romantic love interest in that one, if I recall correctly. Oh, oh, oh no, there's there's always a woman, but no, there is. Yeah, Great. Florence Marley. Florence Ooh. Marley. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> he really. That's one of his less melodramatic love triangles. I feel. Not love triangles, just love interests. I'm sorry. It's definitely one of oh, his yeah, less yeah. melodramatic love interests. It, it is less, and, and it's also, dare I say, a little less interesting as far as all the other love uh, interests. I mean, they can't all be Bacall, but this one yeah. wasn't written as, as, as sharply as, as a lot of the others that he had to play. I, didn't um, he take this role and it was meant for someone else? Not Sinatra, but just some other big shot. I am not 100% sure about Tokyo Joe. I always yeah. kind of got that drift, like he was the third casting decision. Yeah. Because he, well, for me, it, no. it seems like it was designed for him. In my, I mean, I don't oh, know. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they rewrote it. And yeah, that's persona, true. It just felt like it was a From Here to Eternity kind of movie, and then they yeah. just downplayed it. was the, the first romance. movie filmed in post-war Japan. Oh, shit. First Hollywood film, yeah. Nice. Sucking Sinatra. Well, yeah, that's right. Take that, buddy. <laughs> and all filmmakers that came after it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So, anyways, there you go. There's five. Or number five. Fucking amazing. I'm going to go with number four, another underrated war picture that kind of has some of Madre's uh, elements. Maybe not as successful, but definitely a little more badass in the gunplay and the s- suspense. It's definitely as action hero-esque as you see him. And this is, I'm not even talking Petrified Force here. I'm talking uh, Passage to Marcel's. Yeah. And Marseille, yeah, it's a, I, I, it's a... I prefer this, uh, you know, he's reunited with it. You know, Michael Curtis, director and German villain uh, Claude Rains. But oh, I, def- yeah. I definitely like their sh- showdown here. It's just, he's doing... Claude Rains is doing way more taunting to where you just wish he could have played the wizard in the Wizard of Oz um, <laughs> or some other big villain against Orson Welles. And here, you know, Bogart gets a few one-liners in and wisecracks, and then when it's time to actually do the killing, he, he's pretty much a one-man samurai army, for lack of a better comparison. He's the gunfighter yeah. who actually knows when to duck and just come out and mow everyone down. Yeah, that's true. You're right. And he had to get out of Devil's Island to do it. Yeah, yeah, and so that's just it. It, 
it, it gives him enough to play because the stakes are raised. First, he's got to, you know, loot the village. Then he's got to, you know, save the girl and the other villagers. And then he's got to kill the rest of the bad guys and they'll still actually escape. So it's like, because he's right. a war-torn island. And so uh, it's very strikingly well shot. And Bogart is definitely, out of all the quieter moments, he's definitely very effective in those ones. So and hats off. It, it works oh for no them. yeah no it's beautifully shot by the way <laughs> and hats off to you for picking it james wong howe by the way the great james wong howe shot it yes one of the early uh was chinese hong kong cinematographer who moved to hollywood yeah, chinese mm -hmm. there you go and hey, uh fantastic and His work's we, yeah and we see a lot of sweat on bogart's head and more just water trickling down his gun and yeah uh, explosions and looking up a lot he's always looking up he's you know, looking so. up looking yeah up i'm surprised there wasn't a god's eye viewpoint they definitely could afford it back then but i mean they, it was it's funny how he does a lot of yeah just you see a lot of the jungle <laughs> right oh no it's fantastic uh that's a perfect choice it's a it's a damn good movie yeah um kind of underseen a bit i mean it definitely got it's due treatment like all the other war propaganda movies he was in but this one yeah if there's any propaganda it's once again like casablanca where it's just downplayed to like one segment it's sure. all about the adventure and and yeah and then like nazis are the bad guys okay move on you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's 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 what they really want to do with it no that's a, that's a damn good choice and it's one of the bogart movies that was big at the time big hit critics were pretty kind i think and uh but now, if you say, hey, Passage to Marseille, who's in that? Well, that's Bogart, sir. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Excuse you, It's one of those ones. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Is that, that where he fights the French? Fights for the French? Yeah, that's the one. That's kind of the kind of movie it's become now. It's sad. But Unfortunately. that's, like you say, Casablanca, you know, Big Sleep, Maltese. Everybody knows. But that's one of his better ones that need to, some people need a kickstart. You know, totally. It's a great choice. Thank you. All right, my last two choices. I I couldn't not go for big. <laughs> um, unfortunately, my number two you've already spoken about, so we'll save a little time on this one. Uh oh. <laughs> Sierra Madre, old old Fred, old Fred Dobbs. That was my number two. I had it. Um, oh, oh, you uh, you said uh, it. Oh yeah, you're 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 on number three now. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying when I did oh, my five. Oh, oh, my, my, my yeah. bad. Yeah, I my, was just I, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to confuse all the listeners out there. No, it's all so good. Okay, so. Well, right? Um, so, yeah. No, no, when I did my five. My my second from the top is Fred Dobbs from uh, Treasures Here in Madre. Everything we spoke, I mean, I'm just reiterating at this point, but sweat, kerchief, scratch your beard excellent <laughs> you know what, I mean? what else can i say i just keep saying it over and over again gotcha. one of the perfect movies one of the perfect performances and i almost had it as my top until i thought hard it. and you'll find out what my top all right yeah i mean again we could i could talk for an hour or more so sierra Madre's on here twice or yeah so it's <laughs> sorry i didn't know you were gonna have it we should have we should have talked I can right. I can replace it with another one. Yeah, let's try that. 
<laughs> I can do that right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know you said that. I'm like, oh, that's fine. No. I mean, I'm not trying to hug it. I just... <laughs> <clears throat> no, I understand. We need a. We can't have the same thing twice. We um, might have. We might have to preview it <laughs> before. We... Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Well. No. I. Okay. So I dump that. Um, in a lonely place would have to be the replacement. That's an uh, interesting right. one. No. That's yeah. Cool. Really? He's uh, not a good guy. I mean, he's never a perfect guy, and especially in Sierra Madre, he's you know, the anti-heroes we spoke about. He's anti-hero a lot, but he's inherently a good guy in some of them. He's not, not a good guy. I, it's not okay. one that I remember, but as the screenwriter, I definitely remember the iconic moment that they show in all the trailers and TV yeah. showing clubs where they see him just reminiscing at the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's, you know, he's accused of murder, and and he is a. It's a screenwriter. He's a screenwriter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a Sunset Boulevard type vehicle for yeah. him. So it's. Um, he's. I mean, I think with this movie, I don't know. Can we talk about spoilers? You know. Uh, no, no, let's not do it. He, did, did he? Did he do it? We don't know. I won't tell you, folks. Uh, I won't let you watch. But he's. He's not as, I'll just say this, he's not as bad as they're saying he is, but he's not clean, you know? <laughs> this guy has a bad soul uh, in parts, and it's fun to watch Bogart in that film because he, you never get to see Bogart desperate, you know what I mean? No, and yeah, you it, never if he's thinking to... it, you have to imply it, you, it's, exactly. he's hard to read. Yeah, and he's a little desperate in this. I mean, hey, you're being accused of murder. I would be too. But he, and he's never had to put a lid on what's bubbling up inside him because Bogart never had the bubbling up. The closest thing to that was maybe Casablanca, <laughs> where he had to keep his love down. But that didn't last but a few scenes, and then it comes bursting out there, talking I to him, talking, <laughs> talking to Bergman. But, um, Woo. He really it's, it's a different yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a different side of Bogart uh for most people. I know it was critically respected and um I'm not sure a lot of Bogart fans you know return to that movie often, but I think I think it's a classic. It's kind of it's the Nicholas Nicholas Ray, I mean say no more. True, um, but it's kind of ridiculous to say, oh, you know, it's long because all these movies are long. So I don't know. I, I it gets played on TV definitely quite a lot. So I don't know why it's not as and it's got an eight still on all the movie sites. So good. Yeah, I don't think it's very long. I think it's ninety minutes, maybe. A it's pretty more, a short. Bit. It feels less yeah. than even ninety minutes. It's like yeah, but it I I it's just it's a different Bogart and like I said, I was jockeying for that to be on the list so now that we had to bump Dobbs because we don't Badonk, need him twice Badonk. Badonk, yeah, Badonk. we didn't knock him right you know hit him in the back of the head with a shovel oh um, <laughs> um this is a perfect one um I think it's underrated I, I anybody who likes Humphrey Bogart needs to see and, and again it's weird to say that because it's such a respected movie and those in the know aficionados oh, know it oh you're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean no i mean in a lonely place it's considered a bogart classic but it's not a bogart film 
And I think a lot of people maybe aren't. It was around the time where they were finally figuring out, okay, we need more than just the names to sell the pictures now. Yeah, yeah. He can do that kid can do all the stuff, I tell you. The material has to be good. We have to actually have a script. Right. And I think I think Houston helped him along, you know, and it's one of the rare films that challenges Bogart, I think. Uh, yeah. beyond, beyond what he used to do. And so that that that's my that's my number two. Or our number three. Where are we? I'm lost in our yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, it's number three, so I'm, I'll, I'll give okay. you number two to do again. All right, I have five. So, but that's you know, yeah, that's a that's a Woo. perfect one. So there you go. Very cool. So what were you thinking for number two? Wait, me? I oh yeah, I, 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 okay, yeah, I, I can go up. Uh, High Sierra. For there you two. go. My dad, when he hears this, he'll be cheering. He loves that movie. Yeah, so do I, mind you. But, yeah. well, and it's definitely his most sympathetic criminal role, a guy who actually wants to leave it all behind and who just got caught in the worst possible robbery gone wrong. It's a watchdog adventure. All these coppers have nothing better to do, and they are leading a total manhunt. The final moments are a total, you know, king of the world, you know, Cagney moment, but... It's yeah. just way more tragic because he actually, you know, instead of being like Cagney or Paul Mooney where they're falling to their death, you know, uh, years before Pacino's Scarface is like, here is like, you you feel every single bullet. And that's not a spoiler. I think they give it away in some of the trailer. And oh, movies. sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a gangster movie, folks. When do they yeah. ever end happily? I so, was going to say, they never walk hand in hand with their dame out into the sunset. Totally. Gangster, gangster movies, if you spoil them more, it makes me want to see it more because now I want to see all the build-up and how they got to be... As long as they don't pull a Carlitos away and give away the, them dying at the very beginning. The just one just, mistake of that great movie. I, I know. It's like, why? Everything else is perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Even Penelope Ann Miller, and no offense to her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No, that's, Sierra, that's it's it's kind of weird how this one. I always kind of got a bit of a high noon vibe from it too, and this is before I think. Yeah, it's before. It's like four. Yeah, nine. it was high noon. Yeah. So it's weird. I, I I always just got that kind of just cowboy just leaving a troubled town, but it's really just it's gangster. So I guess you could compare it mainly, I guess, to Key Largo, just unusual incident that turns into some hostage standoffs and other stuff and i mean this is where we're definitely getting way more on canny noirs with the likes of again bogart's spouse uh bacall as well as other people like uh uh richard basehart and all these other guys so yeah um uh for for, for me I, I this movie just speaks very loud and clear i mean oh sure uh this is a movie that, you know, someone, some other leading man could do of any era and would be also fine with. And um, it, it's just very visceral. And so that's why it, I, I just ranked it a little higher. No, that's it belongs high. Raoul Walsh. He was a hell of a filmmaker. Totally. No, that's well, you described it so perfectly. All I can say is, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there's my, for sure. There's my all these years of writing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I mean, no, you 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 really hit the nail on the head. It it you feel um, you don't want him to go. You know what I mean? 
like when like you mentioned Scarface, when Tony Montana died, well, good. Somebody need to put that idiot down. And you it's hysterical I mean? and kind of just awesome and exactly. just it's locker and room sa- talk. Same with White Heat. You know, good. Blow yes. him up. He's a menace right. to society. He slaps him off bitches. He kills people. <laughs> and we, uh, uh, what was the other one? Um, the Light Up City or something like that. It's another one. With who? Uh, it's another Cagney picture. Uh, you talking about the Public Enemy? Maybe? No, no, no. Same kind of movie, but uh, uh I. It's like the it's roar. Insane. It's like I think it's the Roaring Twenties or something. Is oh, like Roaring Twenties with Bogey. He, he, uh, yeah, he's also in that one. Also, coincidentally, and uh, the, I see that one used the most for stock footage of just gangster drive-bys. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, but. But yeah, he do, he pulls a total Edward G. Robinson in The Last Gangster, just does a total coward, and just like, you would hear like nine gunshots, and he's just like, we don't even know that any of them even hit anything besides the concrete wall, and he just goes storming out of there, injured. Right. Uh, and uh, it's interesting how, uh, yeah, these are, again, low-budget pictures making great use of their material, and, uh, you know, Bogey, you don't ever feel, you just feel like he's a brute with good intentions just to sh- is in a shitty lifestyle and it helps that all the other people who are double crossing him are just way worse than him so it's just a easier to work with role exactly as, a, as right. opposed to you you know when he takes someone hostage he's not here to kill him he's just, <laughs> that's right yeah he's here, this is years before we had Vic on the shield or Jack Bauer on 24 and he's like just <laughs> just listen to me everything will be okay give me what I want now right exactly no 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 yeah. no exactly no. <laughs> today's movie to it would be listen to him right give me your cell phone <laughs> he's like here it's don't walk out of the store wait you're walking out of the store <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. number one that's, dare we that's, enter that's a hell of a pick well, first, let me tell you what I booted. <laughs> um, I had I had them tied, and I said, no, I can't do that. I do that on my own page. I, I can't do that on your show. So I had to boot one for number. I had a tie for number one. My tie for number one. Is, are we going to do his classic detective movies? The, <laughs> no. No? Um, well, no. I classic was- not detective. I, oh, yeah. I had a hard time not putting Maltese and Big Sleep on here. But. I was thinking of that, and I was like, but at the same time, those movies are just kind of bigger than life. That again, Yeah, and if like, we were doing his films, they would be definitely on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but we're talking about the performances, like, can't exactly. see anyone else in the role. And same thing with Casablanca. But, I mean, he's yeah. great, but you're telling me you couldn't get someone like, I don't know, Cary Grant? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, and and as much as I love him in Casablanca, you're right. But the one I booted um, <gasps> is by one of me and John Carpenter's favorite filmmakers Ooh. and one of probably my favorite writer, uh, Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway, blah, blah, and blah, Howard blah. Hawks, uh, To Have and Have Not, Ooh. where he plays yet again another expatriate <laughs> during World War II. Very good. I love this film so much, and I love Bogart in it. And for all the reasons that we've spoken about, he just, you know, I, he didn't need 
to be lifted up by any fellow actors because he it's also a comedy yeah 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 very much so but i think when he worked with bacall he really had that extra inch you know what i mean if you'll forgive the metaphor i was there. just about to say <laughs> right, yeah you'll forgive the the uh, uh, nc-17 metaphor all of a sudden as i said that i realized <laughs> how that sounded i apologize uh, but um this is a no, code no, movie everybody <laughs> let me rewind that uh i think she helped him step up his game a little bit and he already had so much game i just think he is perfect of oh, all the he, he got yeah. laid that is for sure well yeah <laughs> darn it he sure did uh, no, but of all the expats that he ever played, I think even over Casablanca and, and how I talked about him in that movie, I think this is it in the role and in, in to have and have not. Everything is perfect. The cigarette smoking is perfect. The way he looks at Bacall is amazing to me. Um, yes. It's just it's just it's it's already a great story. Um, it's just a perfect, perfect, perfect entity of cinema i really and i'm not i know we're talking about his performances i just have to say that what he does in that film is so natural and so you can't gay straight man woman child old you cannot take your eyes off of humphrey bogart into have and have not the only time you come close is when bacall comes into the scene oh yeah and i mean her she always gets the better establishing shots just because she also like bogey has the gaze is like oh dream. she's got the lighting and yeah. dream woman can I, I be get a it? lady I of the night or could just it. be the girl of your dreams yeah <laughs> so i had to boot that that got booted so my number one is the african queen Ooh, okay which is, perfect which which is a strange choice because i liked it and didn't fall in love with it until my 30s i'd say which so yesterday <laughs> um, <laughs> yesterday um no yeah, when i was, I was in my 30s when i realized no he is great in that movie you know <laughs> it's more than banter and i think a lot of people that's where even though i like the film that's where rooster cogburn failed yes uh, yes it, it became mere banter it was fun and i enjoy the movie and they're great at the banter but it's just banter that's all it is um, an African queen, this guy is physically, emotionally, and battle-scarred, and he is, he's done with bureaucrats, and he's done with politics, and he's done with war. He just wants to be, and here she is, throwing a monkey wrench into his program. And <laughs> you can see in his diction, in his tone, how he is just fighting himself not to punch this lady over the side of the boat, <laughs> for, you know, and not for stupid reasons. For Love, hate. Yeah, I'm speaking. Yeah, I'm speaking metaphorically, of course. But I just think it is the for me the Bogart role. That's not big sleeper Maltese Um It's the Bogart role. It's, it's it's he's just amazing in it, and the two of them going at it is just beautiful. His charisma and their yeah. chemistry does oh, their work. Chemistry is fantastic, and instead of being a Ryan O'Neill type movie, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no one and gave a, a shit. 
and I don't know how well you know African Queen, and if you don't know, know it better. but um no he a lot of times for a long time he's not looking at her he's not looking at her (laughs) can't look at her he doesn't want to look at her i'm pissed off at you wait were they actually pissed off for real yeah well maybe probably i can't stand you i don't know but he he a lot of times he and then as they start as the bond starts growing he wants to look at her and he starts looking at her more and he looks at her, <laughs> looks at her more. And then of course we all know how the movie goes on and wow, chicka, wow, wow. Back and, and, it, and it's fantastic. It's for me, it's the Bogart performance. If I had to, if I had to choose only one, which I just did, that would be it. That's my number one. <laughs> Very cool. And it's also my number two Houston film. I think, I think. Yeah. Uh, out of all people who recurred, uh, he's definitely uh, made good use on that formula. Um, <laughs> he's also he, he definitely is an underrated soldier actor. I know when we think soldiers, we think of anyone who's been playing spies or, you know, been in some epic war film. You know, so you might think someone like uh, Ethan Hawke, DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jamal Hanzel, whatever. Sure. It's like, but for, for Bogart, he's definitely... I would follow him into battle, and it would be quite an intrigue. Definitely, definitely. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I love the fact that he loves his gin more than himself in the in the African Queen. Yes, uh, that that it's very telling. I think that's why other people, especially if they're alcoholics, relate to it. It's like it's it's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he he would rather he would bottle rather that boat sink than his bottle of gin. And he doesn't need the boat. He yeah. doesn't need her, but he puts up with her, and she needs him. So yeah, another great. Have you noticed uh, more than a few of our choices? I think have been World War Two or just after World War Two. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, he didn't really star in any. He, he virtually didn't. Even with Oklahoma Kid, you can't tell me that's really a Civil War picture. Yeah, he didn't really. <laughs> he didn't even yeah. have World War One stuff. He just like I mean, there's action in the north atlantic which is probably one of his better war movies but uh i'll give an honorable mention to the a movie that is often he is supposedly finds to be one of two of his worst pictures but he's actually really brilliant and uh the return of dr x Hmm. sequel yeah no i uh i actually posted about that last year and and the horror group i run yeah okay very cool it's 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 okay and he's he's good and I don't think this is the movie where he also plays a blind killer. No, no, it's not. I've been trying to look up what is that movie. I cannot for the life of me remember it. It might be King of the Underworld. I'm not sure. Because he he tries to kill this one damsel at the very end and he's blind. It's like wait until dark almost kind of moment. But he just plays an asshole who goes on a killing spree and I... I would have to go for his resume all over again. Damn you, movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Return to Dr. X is just kind of, it's not much of a movie, really, but uh, it's cool seeing the performances and him with the crazy hair. Oh, God, that's, yeah. That's, like, oh, that's fantastic. And I would definitely give it a rewatch, especially if we wanted to do a random Halloween marathon. Oh, that'd be, that. that that's a perfect, 
perfect choice for like an old fashioned pops and popcorn and watching old right creepy black and white movie. It's not really yeah. creepy, but it's fun. Exactly. You don't want to do Universal Horror Monsters in or if you are sick of having your aunt and uncle show you Plan 9 from Outer Space, you could definitely check this one out and just <laughs> Exactly. It's better. It's better. I know. And more or less just kind of a laid back kind of movie. It's like it's just I mean, before there was the thing where you had movies on the background while you did chores, this is this kind of movie. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly it. But it's a fun watch. It really, and especially for genre fans, it's a it's a fun watch. And it's interesting to see Bogart like that. Totally. Yeah. Good choice. Well, good. good little uh, mention there. Good little honor. I should have done an honorable mention. The Kane yeah. Mutiny would be my honorable mention, but you know, it's already the... honorable. To be fair, that was the first uh, movie I saw him in. That played really? on History Channel quite a lot, and... Uh... Yeah, that that was definitely one where I just saw is like, okay, he's not just the gangster guy, right? I yeah. Hear people he's talk. Really good in that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Quick sidebar, Your Honor. Uh, Robert Altman did a very interesting television version of that. Oh, did he? Yeah, really good. <laughs> I have to check. It didn't out. mean to. Didn't mean to make you tired on Altman. No, no. I'm just. <laughs> Jesus, I've been up since four in the morning. All right. Ah, youch. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're at your numero uno, aren't we? Yeah, you, you gave Kane Mutiny for uh, number one, so I mean... No, I didn't. I gave African Queen for number one. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. My, my bad, yeah. Kane, <laughs> that Kane was my special shout-out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, we pretty much wrapped it up, uh, so... Oh, yeah, I guess I uh, did. Anthony, where can we find you on the interwebs? Just to plug you. Well... At the moment, I'm retooling my website for widescreen, uh, the film discussion podcast, which is coming back in October. Woo-hoo. And I will also be having a side podcast. It'll be on the same website. I don't have the don't have it yet, but for Theater of Blood Horror Show. Uh, oh, nice! Right You're on that one. All the info at uh, my Facebook groups, and you can find my. Uh, movie reviews, interviews, and articles at screencomment.com under Anthony Francis, and I will soon be contributing to the great actionflix.com. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to speaking to you again, and when I get my podcast going again, I'm looking forward to bringing you on. Anytime. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for this, this invite. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Class. It was a good way to start it all, and, uh, it was um i guess i'll say good night everyone and thank you it was fantastic i really do appreciate it It was good and what a great subject to start out with we 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 dove right in humphrey bogart come on (laughs) i mean who'd have thought it and i i figured it was going to be i i thought this would just be a fun way to start off because it was just going to be a challenge because he's just done so much that a lot of people like I know. I I was when I was doing my list the other day. I I I said, wait, are is the Big Sleep, which is one of my favorite movies, the Big Sleep, is this really not on it? And then I had to keep <laughs> doing the like I do this when I make lists, and people say, well, what about this movie and that movie? I'm like, well, if I was doing the movies, that would be on there. I'm doing the performances, you know. Um, I had to keep reminding myself so that 
Uh, same they... thing when I do the best action movies is like I'm not any movie where they just make a cameo. I'm not going to put that on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, I'm required, uh, or if they're a supporting role, it better be a more key supporting role or performance. Yeah. Or thing. like if we did Kirk Douglas, I wouldn't put his part in the list of Adrian Messenger. You know, <laughs> it's a little cameo. Yeah, what are you going to put on there? Diamonds, one of his last movies? What? <laughs> right. It runs in the family? Oh, boy. Oh, darn it. He couldn't have done one more. <laughs> That's all yeah, right. Yeah, wild. Yeah. That'd be a good one someday. I'd love to. We could do a double whammy of Bert and Kurt. Kirk. Bert Lancaster Woo! and Kirk Douglas. Their best roles. That would be cool. I'm down for that. Awesome. Now it's All right. Oh, man. So thank you ever so much for just skyrocketing. This has definitely been one of my favorites to record for uh, the beginning of next year. Um, right on. Yeah, this is great. Uh, let's do one a day. <laughs> I'd be down. Boy, howdy. I know, man. I could totally do that. Woo. Uh, great to learn more about you and uh, just the film seen how it's still staying alive even in this troublesome era it is and i miss i tell you i will do what i have to do and i'm proud and happy to do it but boy do i miss sitting in a theater good or bad the outcome of the movie i just miss the smell the sound the feel on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.